Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Kathleen Pasadomo. She is our Florida State Senate President. We'll visit her with Kathleen about what's happening here in Florida. Also, uh, Boo Mortensen will be joining us, former voice in Madison, Wisconsin. And uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, will be with us as well. And Linda Harden, my wife, will be joining us at the end of the show. It is December the 12th, and on this day in 1901, Italian physicist and radio pioneer Guillermo Marconi succeeded in sending the first radio transmission across the Atlantic Ocean, disproving detractors who told him that the curvature of the Earth would uh, limit transmission to 200 miles or less. The message, simply the Morse code signal for the letter S, traveled more than 2,000 miles from Cornwall, England, to Newfoundland, Canada. He was born in Bologna, uh, Italy, in 1874. He studied physics and became interested in transmission of radio waves after learning the experiments of German physicist Heinrich Hertz, uh, he began his own experiments in 1894 and soon succeeded in sending a radio wave over a distance of 1.5 miles. Receiving little encouragement from his experiments in Italy, he went to England in 1896. He formed a wireless trans, uh, tra uh, telegraph company and soon was sending transmissions from a distance of further than 10 miles. In 1899, he succeeded in sending a transmission across the English ch Channel. That year, he also equipped two U.S. ships, uh, to report to New York newspapers on the progress of America's Cup yacht race. <clears throat> that successful endeavor aroused uh, widespread interest in Marconi and his wireless company. He gave the greatest achievement came on the day in, in this day in 1901 when he received a message from the England's at St. John's, Newfoundland. Uh, I guess it's pronounced Newfoundland. Well, in any event, the transatlantic uh, transmission won him worldwide fame. Ironically, detractors of the project were correct when they declared the radio waves would not follow the curvature of the Earth, as Marconi believed. In fact, Marconi's transatlantic radio wave had been headed into space when it was reflected off the ionosphere and bounced back towards Canada. Much remained to be learned about the loss of radio wave and the role of uh, atmosphere in radio transmissions, and Marconi would continue to play a leading role in radio discoveries and invasions during the next three decades. In 1909, he was jointly awarded the Nobel uh, Prize in Physics with German radio innovator uh, Ferdinand Braun. After successfully uh, sending radio transmissions from points as far away as England and Australia, Marconi turned his energy to experimenting with shorter, more powerful radio, wa radio waves. He died in 1937 on the day of his funeral. All British Broadcasting Corporation, BBC stations, were silent for two minutes in tribute to his contributions to the development of radio. Marconi. Now, can you imagine that's only 122 year, um, uh, years ago? Think about the developments that have happened in technology since that time and radio. It's just amazing. Well, U.S. stocks uh, market, they closed higher as investors looked ahead to Federal Reserve's two-day policy meeting, which I think begins today. Investors are waiting for fresh inflation data today and the Fed's rate decision tomorrow. And we expect, of course, that there's not going to be any increase in the interest rates, the Fed rates. Well, the second phase of the Israeli war in Gaza has uh, further, further exacerbated the humanitarian crisis. Hundreds of thousands of displaced people who fled from the north and are now seeking shelter in an already overcrowded southern part of Gaza Strip. Many moves from uh, Khan Yunus, the current epicenter of IDF Ham Hamas fighting, to the southern end of the Strip, Rafah, near the Egyptian border. All the while, signs point to Hamas rule weakening and the barrier of fear against the terrorist group breaking. A Gaza resident who bravely expressed his opinions on the radio voiced the message to uh, Yahwa Sinwar and his accomplices. The interviewee, journalist Mohammed Mansour, 
boldly stated, many Allah curse you, may Allah curse you, uh, Hamas leadership, Sinwar, you are an offspring of a despicable creature. Allah will avenge the destruction you have inflicted upon us. The Hamas uh, battalions in northern uh, Gaza Strip are near collapse, with many terrorists surrendering and providing intelligence to the Israeli defense forces. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu called for Hamas to give up its arms, exclaiming that hundreds of its combatants who have surrendered to Gaza and who are being arrested marked the start of a terror group's demise. The war is still going on, but it is beginning of the end for Hamas, Netanyahu said it, as he urged terrorist groups' uh, fighters not to sacrifice themselves for their leader, Sinwar. I say to Hamas terrorists, it's over. Don't die for Sinwar. Surrender now, said Netanyahu. Well, Hunter Biden's Thursday indictment on federal charges in California revealed more than just uh, just that he alleged failure to pay taxes over a year, years-long period, but rather what he was actually doing with the millions he was making in the time in that time frame. According to the indictment filed by the Department of Justice Special Counsel David Weiss in the U.S. District Court of the Central District of California, Biden spent hundreds of thousands of dollars specifically on adult entertainment and women, including sex club membership and strippers. From 2016 to 19, Biden allegedly spent, get this, that's in three years, $683,212 paying what the indictment described as various women, including people who had romantic or sexual relationships with, and $188,960 on adult entertainment, including a sex club membership, exotic dancers, and strip clubs. Uh, between uh, 2016 and October 15, 2020, the defendant spent this money on drugs, escorts and girlfriends, luxury hotels and rental properties, exotic cars, clothing, and other items of personal nature. In short, everything but his taxes. Probably no church contributions in there either, but nevertheless, uh, just showing the depraved nature of the life he was living in that period of his life. Well, President Joe Biden's approval rating has fallen to its lowest level since taking office. Uh, Biden's approval now sits at 33%, reflecting a six-point drop from November. This is the lowest uh, for the 81-year-old since he took office. His disapproval now sits at 55%, reflecting a three-point increase over the same uh, time period. Biden's minus 18% uh, points in the, is the lowest in modern history. Now, that would be his approval uh, minus his disapproval is minus 18 Democrats are reportedly bringing in Hillary Clinton as a reinforcement to help Biden with his 2024 re-election campaign. The former Secretary of State held a fundraiser for Biden last month at her Georgetown home that raised close to $1 million. Her popularity with women and key parts of the Democrat base are considered assets for Biden as he attempts to expand his outreach to voters. Clinton's role in the Biden re-election effort is expected to grow as the 2024 presidential election nears. I'd be surprised if she didn't uh, hijack the attempt and want to make herself the candidate. Well, stay tuned. Let's see what happens with that. Well, the National Association of Scholars has called for the removal of Harvard President Claudine Gay following allegations of plagiarism. In an open letter released on Monday, uh, National Association of Scholars said the Claudine Gay's botched testimony before the Congress on December the 5th, wherein she refused to say that uh, calling for genocide of Jews violated Harvard's policy on harassment, made her unworthy of her administrative position. The National Association of Scholars, and this is a quote, calls on Harvard Corporation to remove Claudine Gay from Harvard's presidency and uh, continued the letter that uh, then cited her shoddy professional work, her record of plagiarism. It also cited her promotion of racial, racial policies. As dean and then president, Gay had been accused of bullying colleagues, suppressing free speech, overseeing a racial admissions program, and most recently failing to stand up to unabashed anti-Semitism on campus in the wake of the October 7th Hamas terror attack against Israel. Now, and yet another concern, plagiarism has now uh, been called into question by author at New College of Florida board member Christopher Rufo, who has obtained documents showcasing sections of Gay's dissertation, which Rufo and journalist Christopher Brunette uh, say would violate Harvard's own stated policies on academic integrity. Uh, Gay's assertion, dissertation, 
Taking Charge, Black Electoral Success and Redefinition of American Policies, which deals with white-black political representation and racial attitudes, was published in 1997, was part of Gay's Doctorate in Political Science from Harvard. So she's uh, supporting or not condemning anti-Semitic speech. She also uh, wrote a, a dissertation which was plagiarized in large part, <clears throat> and now press professors are supporting her efforts and saying that she should continue in her job. I don't think those professors have a lot of influence with uh, public attitude, but irrespective. She certainly was, uh, they were checking the box when they put her in the job. They should take her out of the job and get somebody in there who has uh, more competence uh, than she demonstrates. Well, a pregnant uh, Texas woman who was seeking court permission for an abortion in an unprecedented challenge to one of the most restrictive bans in the United States could not wait any longer and went to another state, her attorney said on Monday. The announcement came as Kate Cox, whose fetus had a fatal condition, was waiting for Texas Supreme Court to rule whether she could legally receive an abortion. Her baby's diagnosis had low survival rates, and her attorney said uh, continuing the pregnancy jeopardized both her health and in a, her ability to have more children. Her health is on the line. She's been in an out-of-emergency room, and she couldn't wait any longer, said Nancy Northert, the president and CEO of a Center for Reproductive Rights, which is representing her. The organization would not disclose where she went. On Monday, she would have been 20 weeks and six days into the pregnancy. Well, of course, this is the uh, real re uh, option that women who want to term terminate their pregnancy have if they can go to a state where they can have an abortion. So this, uh, it's perhaps an inconvenience, but it's not impossible. And uh, she now is going to go ahead and do that. Now, what I want is just for people to uphold the law. Maybe it's a bad law. I don't know that. I'm not going to make a judgment about that. I happen to be believe that life begins at inception. But irrespective, uh, the law is the law. It needs to be respected. And uh, uh, if it's a bad law, let's get it off the books. But let's do it legally, not just by ignoring it. Well, the Supreme Court yesterday, uh, Special Counsel Jack Smith asked the high court to decide whether former President Trump is immune from prosecution. The former president is facing trial on four felony charges over efforts to overturn the 2020 election. The lower court has already ruled that Trump doesn't have immunity, but the former president appealed the decision and wants the case dismissed. Now Smith is bypassing the appeals court and asking the Supremes to give it its opinion as soon as possible, so that Trump's trial could go on as scheduled in March, which would disrupt, of course, the campaign. Hours after Smith's request, the Supreme said they would quickly decide on whether to take up the case. It wouldn't be the first time the courts weighed in on presidential election-related cases. As for Trump, his campaign said there is absolutely no reason to rush this sham trial. I suspect, I'm not a betting man, but if I were, I, I would bet that the court will quickly look at the situation and dismiss their request and require that it go through the appellate process. Uh, that's the rule of law. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.com. Net. Coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting uh, with Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senate president, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. 
week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Kathy? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Yes. Okay. Or call the Collier <laughs> well, Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252 252- 4541 Welcome back to the Bob Harton show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, hopefully, we have with us Kathleen Pasadomo. She is our Florida State Senate president. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Um, uh, can you hear me now? Oh, we, can, we can hear you. Kathleen, just for our listeners' benefit, is in a parking garage in Tallahassee, so... <laughs> We're trying to make this work, and I think we can. So, Kathleen, welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. So, what's, you're up in Tallahassee. What's the what's the event? Well, uh, this is our last committee week, and um, so the, the committees are hearing bills, uh, getting ready for session, which is starts the uh, second week in January. Uh, last uh, Friday, we filed uh, the beginning of our Live Healthy initiative, which is a a number of bills dealing with health care in our state um, to uh, good reviews so far, which is great. Um, so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Outstanding. So, you know, by the way, I understand that uh, bills have now been filed. You and I spoke briefly, uh, briefly about the uh, Kevin uh, Freeman book, uh, Pirate Money, and apparently both the Senate and the House have taken up a bill uh, to support his efforts or our efforts to have a state currency, uh, do you know? You have any comments or thoughts about that? Uh, the, uh, the, a bill uh, could have been filed. It must have been just filed last this past week because um, we haven't <clears throat> referenced it yet. Mm-hmm. So until I read it, I really, you know, I don't like to make comments about bills without reading them. <laughs> I understood. I've gotten in trouble in the past doing that. <laughs> okay, understood. So, uh, and I know that you're looking at hundreds of bills, so uh, it's kind of an interesting process. Uh, you know, with hundreds of bills that come through, about, I don't know how many, about 100 get passed or 200? Uh, uh, yeah. Last year, we actually passed about, I think, 280-something. So that was very unusual. Yeah. Uh, we worked really hard, and you know, I working with the speaker, we're, we're able to get a number of really important pieces of legislation across the finish line. Which is terrific. Now, I, I did look at Florida's Voice. It's uh, got some great information, by the way, on yes. w- what's happening around the state of Florida. Now, one thing caught my eye, a Florida Democrat says Republicans haven't listened to them on policy. <laughs> so I wonder if you, if you can make you a know, comment. You know, that is such a specious statement because... Yeah. You know, when we pass good policy, which we do, um, like live, live, live Local, the bill, the, the workforce housing bill from last year, we did, li- it, it, we had like unanimous votes in the, in the Senate, and I think we had a few protest votes of people who say things like, well, you don't listen to us, we're not going to vote for any good policy. It drives me crazy, because, you know, in the Senate anyway, this, that was a House member that made that statement, the Senate, the Senate Democrats... Uh, yeah, we pass our agenda, but we also pass good policy, and they understand that and they appreciate that. Yeah, 
And what, to, <laughs> to me, it looks like just political posturing, quite frankly. Exactly. It is. It's to get it's to get on TV uh, or be in the news because that's the only way they, you know, that they know how to do it. I, I understand that, but I but I don't agree with it because. That's not what I'm here for. Absolutely. So uh, right now we've got a good, healthy, actually a super majority, both in the House and the Senate. How are things looking for 2024? Um, I think we're, we're in pretty good shape. Uh, a lot of our, uh, we have a couple of, of difficult seats. The, uh, the seat that Senator Simon sit in, sits in is uh, a big portion of, of the Big Bend. And that's a, it's actually leans uh, Democratic, but he won. He's, you know, I don't know if you know him. He was a former uh, Eagles uh, football player, but one of the smartest people I know, a terrific human being who just cares very much about our state. He grew up here, you know, single mom, one of those success stories. And he won handily uh, his election. I think he's going to win his reelection because all I hear is he's everywhere helping uh, his constituents because he's, you know, his whole district got hit by Dahlia, and he's been there from day one helping out. Oh, well, that's great. Uh, and you say he's a Democrat. No, he's a Republican. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a very Democratic district, but he won as a Republican. I see. Okay, wonderful. So uh, <laughs> that's encouraging. Uh, yeah. And everything else is looking positive? Yeah, I think so. I, I feel pretty good about that. So, you know, we're, we're, uh, we have a couple of uh, seats that we could win around Orlando, uh, we don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze, uh, but we'll see how that goes. Um, and I'm fortunate that the Senate campaigns has now moved over to uh, Senator Ben Albright, who's going to succeed me as president, so I can spend more time here at the Capitol working on policy issues. Fantastic. Again, Kathleen Pasadena, our state Senate president, just genuinely appreciate your taking time for your day to spend some time with our listeners. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, and have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Boo Morton. She's a former uh, voice in Madison, Wisconsin, a radio personality, and uh, I just really enjoy her commentary, so we're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. They personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near-record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratostel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. They prepare elected officials to have winning strategies. You can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. And by the way, uh, parenthetically, I serve on 
the board of the FGA, so I hope you'll give a, take a look at it, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo, Boo Mortensen, uh, former voice in Madison, Wisconsin. Boo, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Well, it's my pleasure, Bob. <clears throat> so Excuse you tip- and- go, go ahead. Pardon? No. You know, when I was at Disney, I saw so many, and I've talked about this on the radio before, um, of people that were really morbidly obese. Yeah. So they just came out with a study, another one, that talks about how unhealthy is your state. And we are lucky because, well, and, and what were the parameters? That's what we have to look at. Mm-hmm. Smoking, uh, how many, what the access to gyms are, how many gyms per state. Uh, just a level of obesity, fast food restaurants, how many restaurant, how many states had a, an abundance of fast food restaurants. Mm-hmm. So they looked at all the different parameters, uh, the Center for Disease Control, and number one, Americans are the fattest they have ever been after the pandemic. Yeah. So 19 states now have obesity rates above 35%, which is, I think alarming. It is. It's appalling. That is double the number from just three years ago. Wow. Uh, not good. No. So uh, where, do, where does Florida stack up? Well, the healthiest states, interestingly enough, are um, California, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Florida. We're fourth. And they also include Texas, New Jersey, New York, which I thought was shocking, Colorado, and Vermont. The unhealthiest were West Virginia, Arkansas, Kentucky, Mississippi, Alabama, Ohio, Tennessee. A lot of sort of the mid-range southern states. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it happened, you know, again, it searches for how many gyms per 100,000 how many fast food restaurants per 100,000, proportion of adults that are classed as smokers and or obese, and that's what they came up with. And also, how much money people earn, the income. And obviously, West Virginia, some of those states that I mentioned, Kentucky, Tennessee, have lower incomes. And Massachusetts has the highest income with the average uh, earned income, 78000 Connecticut is seventy eight thousand. New Jersey seventy three. Uh huh. Do you know what the median salary in the United States is? Uh, I would guess sixty thousand. Thirty five. Wow. That's per individual. I would have taken, not family. Correct. Yeah, that's so interesting, Boo. Well, you know, uh, I my my theory is that human behavior is. uh, addictive, or, or I'm going to say uh, contagious is a better word. Human behavior is contagious. So if you hang around and people are smoking, you tend to think about lighting up a cigarette. And if you see people eating fast foods, you know, you tend to be influenced by that. And uh, perhaps what, and I'm not saying that everybody's just blindly following like that, but I just, I think that's just the way it works is that uh, people start doing what other people are doing in their crowd. So I think, uh, you know, perhaps here in Florida, we have healthier habits. Also, the CDC just, I want to mention this too, CDC just came out and said, it looks like we're going to have some viruses that lead to congestion or or problems with uh, breathing. And so it would be a good idea if you have a compromised immune system to think about wearing a mask. Oh, no. Yeah, and Boo, you know, I think that whole thing has been so debunked. Uh, I heard one physician say that uh, wearing a mask is like, building a chain link fence in order to keep mosquitoes out. <laughs> you know, it, it does absolutely no good whatsoever. And to, the CDC, it seems to me the spokesperson could say, get plenty of sunshine, eat leafy vegetables, eat some fruit, uh, you know, make sure you get plenty of sleep, do things to make sure that your immune system is prepared for whatever may happen. But instead, wear a mask. Is this where we are with this voodoo public health care stuff? Apparently. You know, and there'll be a lot of people that'll buy into it. Yeah. It's so unfortunate. Uh, like, I, you know, I didn't even factor fast food restaurants. But, you know, the fast food industry in America is worth over $250 billion. Listen to this. One in four Americans 
goes to a fast food restaurant every day. One in four. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, you, you probably heard about this a new McDonald's thing they're going to do, and I forgot what, yeah. the, what they're going to call it, but apparently it's to come by and have some quick bites, to stop by and have a snack, uh, have a drink, and uh, continue your day. So uh, apparently this is the new opportunity they have to make money. That's what we need, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Do you know that the fast food restaurant, you know what state has the most fast food restaurants per head, per person? No idea. You'll never guess. No. Hawaii. Really? Yeah. Well, a lot of fat people. Followed in, by Alabama and Georgia. Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, obese people in uh, in Hawaii for sure. Well, that is well, so interesting. I know it's kind of demoralizing. Yeah. Do you know uh, there's apparently a movie out about Ray Kroc? Found, I think it's called Founder, if I'm not mistaken. I've heard about it, and I want to watch it. But apparently, he started McDonald's. And you know why he started McDonald's? It was, no. It was a real estate play. He wanted to preserve and create income from real estate that he planned on selling at a later date. It worked. It worked. And <laughs> that's exactly right. It's so fast. I wish my last name was Croc. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, Boo, just uh, really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Uh, any other thoughts before I let you go? Uh, no, I think it's it's the holiday season, <clears throat> and I have to say that there are some really cool things to do in Naples if you kind of want to get in the holiday spirit. Uh-huh. Um, for instance, drive through Victoria Park. Cool. <laughs> all the lights, every, all the houses are all lit up. I think it's fabulous. Go down to the Botanical Gardens. They have a light show all through the Botanical Gardens, a holiday light show that is called Glow. Very Mm. affordable. Get a glass of wine, walk through the Botanical Gardens. That's really neat. And then if you want something really fun till December 17th, go to Gulf Shore Playhouse, the North Center, and see the Wonderettes. That is It is an adorable show it is it's funny it's cute it's entertaining and you and you went to see it i've done all of those things wow how cool is that well that is fabulous i really appreciate you bringing our attention to that boo well and stay away from fast food restaurants and drink good wine absolutely boo thank you so much for joining us here on the show my pleasure all right Hey, coming up, we're going to be uh, visiting with uh, uh, Seat Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Before we do that, though, you may have heard about this COP28 uh, meeting they've had. Yet, the climate advocates and delegates attending the UN Climate Summit criticized a draft deal suggesting that fossil fuels could be phased out. Climate experts say that could language uh, makes it optional for countries to cut fossil, uh, fossil fuel use. It comes as The Guardian reported at least 166 climate deniers gained access to the summit. The European Union says the draft is unacceptable. The U.S. says the draft a bit about uh, fossil fuels needs to be substantially strengthened. Uh, But John Kerry is just in fits about this. The summit is scheduled to wrap it up today, but it could keep going as countries try to reach a deal. This year, the president of COP28, get this, Sultan Al-Jabbar, an uh, Emirati uh, politician who runs the UAE's state-owned oil company, he came under fire last week for claiming that there's no science to support the need for fossil fuel phase-out. He walked it back, though, but nevertheless, I think he spoke the truth. Saudi Arabia reportedly pressured the UAE to scrap any mention of fossil fuels from the COP28 agreement, according to Reuters. The head of OPEC... The group of oil-producing countries also sent a letter to its member states urging them to reject mention of the phase-out. So what are they going to do now? Well, the U.N. Climate Summit deals need unanimous approval to pass, and with some representatives considering the current draft a a death sentence per Reuters, there will likely either be more revisions or no agreement at all. So this is just uh, so interesting. I don't know why they decided to have somebody who is the head of oil at the United Arab Emirates uh, be the head of the uh, COP28 agreement or meeting, but they did, and I think they got hoodwinked by the by this whole deal. Needless to say, the uh, uh, OPEC doesn't want any part of this and phasing out oil. In any event, they'd be right about that. It's just a bad idea. 
Uh, again, carbon dioxide is plant food. It's not bad for the uh, for the uh, uh, climate. It's not bad for Earth. It's a good thing. And if we want to do something to help the planet, I think we just plant maybe a billion trees around the world. I think that would create more photosynthesis and uh, make us a healthier, healthier place. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seat Modley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education and a liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And you can find out more and get some tickets to some great performances coming up. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. I love your organization because the name not only states the name of the organization, but also its purpose. <laughs> yeah, less government. We just reduced its size, so scope, and sphere of influence, and it's not happening. Well, it, <laughs> but we're trying, Seton. <laughs> we're really trying. So uh, you wrote a piece which I found so interesting, and it says, when the government referee also plays in the game, that's big trouble. Maybe you can tell us about it. Well, this is, you know, this... This is when government engages in socialist things, meaning the government does things that the private sector should be doing because it does it better, faster, cheaper. Uh, there's an old, for old people, there, there was a thing called the yellow pages rule. Of course, nobody uses that anymore, but the, the, the point was, if it's, it was in the yellow pages, the yellow pages for people who are under the age of 50, the Yellow Pages was a phone book for businesses. There was the White Pages for residences and then Yellow Pages for businesses. Right. And the point was, if you could find it in the Yellow Pages, the government shouldn't be doing it. Because if there's a private sector market for the idea, then the government shouldn't be doing that. And you can just think of all the things that the government's doing that they shouldn't be, because the private sector is medicine, uh, retirement accounts, hello, Social Security, um, you know, all of these things. Well, the problem is, of course, the government is the referee. 
meaning it regulates the businesses. Right. So when the government also checks in as a player, well, now you've got a thoroughly unbalanced situation. For example, if the baseball home plate umpire starts pitching for one of the teams, how are those ball and strike calls going to go? Yeah, exactly. Well, his are all going to be strikes and yours are all going to be ball because that's the way it goes. Um, um, you know, we, we've, we've spoken often about government internet. You know, I just I just met a guy last night in the village here in Belize, Placencia. He's, he's traveling. He lives in a rural part of Alaska. And he said there are a thousand homes in the whole like 6,000 or 600 mile area and the government just dropped thirty-five million dollars on them for home internet connection. Wow! First of all, he said we've all had internet since twenty twelve, <laughs> right? So there's no need for it. And thirty-five million is is thirty-five thousand dollars per house. Unbelievable! And he said we've had internet since twenty twelve. What are they doing? Yeah. And you know, uh, the private sector got there a decade plus ago, and you know. So the government doesn't do it well, you know, they don't pay attention. I've got my wallet rule. The wallet rule is if you, Bob, if you go out on Friday night with your wallet, and then you go out the following Friday night with my wallet, which Friday night you're going to have more fun? I'm going to have more have fun with, my, with, your, with your wallet. With my wallet, because you don't care what it looks like at the end of the evening. Well, the government is always on someone else's wallet, and the Friday night never ends. Right. So they don't spend the money wise. They don't spend the money well. They don't know what they're doing. They're not experts just because they got chosen for a committee in, ha in the House. On, on that issue. That doesn't make them experts. So anyway, you know, that's just one example. Another example I use, and this is a big one, I think, kind of obfuscated in a way. The government sets the interest rates for borrowing. The Federal Reserve sets the interest rates for borrowing. Right. Well, who's the biggest borrower on planet Earth? The government. Right. So they're going to ma uh, manipulate the system in such a way to best benefit them, no matter what it does to everyone else. I wrote a piece a month or two ago called The Death Spiral. It's the whipsaw between, okay, we're the federal government. We owe $34 trillion. We're going to inflate the currency because that makes our debt cheaper, right? Right. Well, they inflate the currency. Well, that screws everyone else. So they go, okay, now we're going to beat the economy over the head with interest rate hikes to bring down the inflation we caused. Oh, but that makes everything worse for everything else. Oh, and by the way, now you've got to renegotiate half your debt in the next three years at 5 to 8% rather than 1% to 2%. Yeah. And so that's just another example is the way the rules are written, the, the, the first person in line to borrow any money ever is the federal government. Mm-hmm. They get priority over everybody, which means the private sector, which needs the money to, I don't know, exist, has to wait in line behind a government that now owes $34 trillion and, and a total that is skyrocketing higher. So all of these things where they rig the system of borrowing, of lending, to best benefit them. And then, of course, you get into the secondary uh, benefit system, which is cronyism, as we've discussed, the big banks write a law that, called Dodd-Frank that they manage to market as ending too big to fail, and they make the big, the big banks 40-plus percent bigger, where they clo they closes thousands of small banks that the big banks then swallow up, and they, you know, that's, that's rigging to benefit the government yeah. and their cronies to the, at the, to the expense and detriment of everyone else. And this this is the referee playing in the game. Well, how about how about how about climate change and uh, what's happening with carbon dioxide and with emissions and electric cars and so forth? Talk about. The oh, he told me that too. By the way, he said he said <clears throat> they're spending millions and millions and millions of of, of government money. He said this, he goes, it's a huge project. It's, it's got to be tens of millions, if not more, moving. Native, you know, native Alaskans, Eskimos, Indians, whatever you want to call them, away from the coastline they've been on for ten thousand years because the co the coastline, the coast, the, the seas are going to rise, and the seas aren't rising. They're just wasting tens of millions of dollars moving them. Yeah, you're kidding. I mean, who no, 
gosh. No. Uh, and t- so, where, yeah. Where's the money so coming from? I don't understand this. These are federal grants. Yeah, unbelievable. These are. The, I mean, this is this is this is why you don't want the government spending six trillion dollars because you have no idea what they're doing with it. They don't know what they're doing with it. Yeah, you heard about the fact that they uh, had seven point five billion dollars, I think it is, to to create these uh, energy sources for electric cars. They're supposed to uh, start seven point five billion dollars that has been set aside. And in the, uh, I think two, three or four years ago, in that energy bill or the bill that passed uh, for uh, infrastructure. And not yeah. one, not one of those things has been uh, created since they, oh, no, they got no, the money. No, and by the way, again, speaking of, I got rural on the brain because I spoke to this guy for a couple hours. A really interesting guy. Where are you going? How are you going to run electric cars in a, in, a, in in rural Alaska? Yeah, <laughs> and and well, the, they don't hold a charge because it's so cold up there. Also, it's, it's, it's yeah, uh, but it's cold. There, it's it's. Like I said, there's a thousand houses over 600 square miles. Yeah. Where? You, how many stations are you gonna put? How many charging stations are you gonna put up there to to fill those holes? Yeah. Morons. I know. It's so. It's, I mean, take a look at the U.S. Post Office and look. The Post Office is created by the Constitution, so I take no exception with that. Uh, that our founding fathers. But here, yet another year, the post office comes and says, oh, we lost billions of dollars. We're so sorry. Right. We just right. have a good plan. It's just, it, well, if the government gets involved, it's just not going to work. Well, th- th- this actually happened several years, many years ago, about 40 years ago. Um, the, the Bunny Ranch is a poorhouse in, I think, Reno, Nevada. Right. And they owed a bunch of taxes. And the government took over running the whorehouse and drove it out of business. <laughs> the government couldn't sell sex for a profit. <laughs> See, that's just... And, and, and by the way, the, you, know, you, you know the old joke, those are the two oldest professions. And they couldn't, they've been around the longest, but sex, prostitution and politicians. And they still couldn't figure it out. Exactly. Seat Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit the website, lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seat, I always appreciate your commentary. and It's entertaining. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Appreciate it, sir. Thank you. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up on a visit with Linda Harden. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. 
And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I just want to remind you that Lulabee's Diner, known for its terrific breakfasts and lunches uh, in the Green Tree Shopping Center, uh, Lulabee's Diner is now serving dinner Wednesdays through Saturdays, 4 to 8 p.m. The menu is just terrific. Uh, they also uh, have great seafood, great uh, comfort food, and you can drop by casually 4 to 8 p.m. Wednesdays through Saturday, again, at Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. We have with us Linda Harden. She's my wife. She's also well-informed. Uh, she does everything that's going on. Thank you so much for joining us. Including the new additions that uh, Lulabee's has on their dinner menu, which yeah. includes pork chops yeah. and the seafood platter and... A couple other things that I can't remember, but they she added some some really attractive new uh, items for their dinner menu, and including uh, your wedge salad, salad that you enjoy so much. So. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best in Naples. I haven't yeah. found anything to compare to it, so it's good. So, what's top of mind for you today? Top of mind to me is that this whole thing that we're dealing with throughout the United States and the world is a battle between good and evil. Yeah. And um, it's becoming more and more evident with each passing day. Point Case in point is uh, Governor Kim Reynolds of Iowa, mm-hmm. in addition to an Iowa congressman and Christian pastor, is advocating and appro- have approved a huge statue of Satan in the Iowa State House. They said, that's okay. Also, speaking on a, on a worldly basis, uh, the Pope has green-lighted LGBTQ uh, lifestyle. Every, I mean, he's met with them. He's met with trans people. Everything that has is against that is talked about in the Bible that is abhorrent. Now, uh, the Catholic Church or the Pope, and now in Iowa. They're promoting a satanic idol in their state house. Yeah. I can't tell you how that just screams that this is a battle of, between good and evil. I think you're absolutely right about that. And who's and who's who's been talking about that for months now? But Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson, by the way, he's he had a, did an interview with uh, Alex Jones. It's about two hours long, maybe an hour and a half. I forgot. We need to listen to it again. Yeah, but it is just fantastic. Now, Alex Jones is kind of positioned as a guy that's kind of a wild man and comes out with crazy stuff. Uh, Which has been true. Well, but uh, yeah, he has predicted so many different things, and he's been right about so much that all all of us should pay attention to what he has to say because he really does his research. He knows, in other words, he he understands things and uh, researches things that most of us don't even look at. Well, and, and oh, by the way, that just goes to show that everybody who's been speaking the truth mm-hmm. is the government has been trying to censor. And Alex Jones has been censored, sued, uh, demonized, everything for, for what he's had to say over the years. And yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of a wild man, like you say, but with good reason, yeah. based on what he knows. Well, as a matter of fact, uh, he, uh, congratulations to Elon Musk for putting Alex Jones back on X. We'll call it X. Also known as, formerly known uh, as Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. I can't but call the, it X. In any event, uh, Tucker Carl, we just subscribed to his uh, series. Tucker Carlson Network. Tucker Carlson Network. And uh, it's apparently very rich. It's got a lot of good information on it, especially his episodes. I think he's up to about 45 episodes now. Well, we've, we've missed a couple. So while we've been um, out to dinner and having a good time and, and watching football and, and all, we've, we've missed 48 and 49, which have just um, surfaced. So we need, to, we need to watch those because one is with Kid Rock and one is, I can't remember, oh, uh, it's with the father of this journalist who's being held captive in Ukraine. And uh, we need to watch that because that's going to be huge. So interesting. So yeah, a lot of some interesting stuff that I've uh, been focusing on. Uh, Otani has decided to move from the Angels to the Dodgers. He signed an historic 10-year, $700 million contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers on Saturday. That's pretty amazing. $700 million, That's $70 million a year he signed for. Oh, so let's let's while we're talking about athletes and money, let's talk about PGA golf for just a second. Okay. So so John Rahm, who is if not the best golfer in 
in the PGA or in the world. He's close. Mm-hmm. He's very good. He's won uh, the Masters. He's won almost every major title. So he decided for they 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 haven't um, buttonholed this exact amount, but it's upwards of three hundred million dollars to maybe six hundred million dollars that he's agreed to go to Live Golf, the uh, Greg Norman, the Saudi Arabian. Uh, uh, what would you call it? Tour. Uh, tour. And so guess what the PGA, the, the mature little boys at the PGA decided to do? They, they sus- decided... To suspend him. To suspend John <laughs> Rum. Can you... Can, if I were... Let me say. what If I were John Rum, what would I tell the P, PGA? Go pound sand. Yeah, that's it's, tr- it's just incredibly bad taste. I don't know who their PR people are, but this is uh, just amazing. Hey, I, I want to mention also to you uh, this Otani deal, because it's, it's kind of interesting. He, what he's done is he's taking a $700 million contract, but he's only taking $20 million over the next 10 years. Why? Because it's all being deferred with no interest, if you can believe that or not. And the reason he's done that, apparently, according to some sources, is he's done that so the Dodgers will have money to sign more players to support him and the team in their, in their efforts. So $680 million of that is being deferred for 10 years and paid to him with no interest over a period of time. So we don't. So Otani isn't a greedy SOB like so many of these other people. So he's he's being a real team player. Well, apparently a lot of the contracts right now. For example, uh, Mookie Betts and uh, Freeman. Uh, his contracts all have monies that are deferred for ten years. What that does is there's a uh, the present value of future interest is reduced because there's a, a percentage built in this. Make a long story short, something very complicated, very simple. <clears throat> the seven hundred million dollars turns out to be a contract for worth a lot less than that because so much of it is being deferred. So you know, they have the ceiling: how much money you can spend on baseball players. That uh, now is accommodating the opportunity to hire uh, more good talent on the team, which is what they need. I bet that's not happening in the PGA or Liverpool. No, <laughs> I don't. Well, I wonder. It makes me wonder, though, if perhaps John Rahm is going to receive some of his money deferred. Listen, the Saudi Arabian pocketbooks <clears throat> and pockets are very, very, very deep. Yeah. And I, I don't know that. I haven't read that. But that's, that's, that's very interesting. So the $700 million really isn't that great. It's just a number when he does, he's not really getting uh, you know, that much. Even $20 million over 10 years doesn't sound too bad to me. I don't know about no, you. No, but- I know. But, but if you think about it, I mean, the, the football players, the um, – uh, What's the guy for the Cincinnati Bengals? That, uh, 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 yeah, I, Burleson, yeah, Joe, Joe Burrow, Burrow, who got who got two hundred and something million dollars. It was the highest contract in in NFL. And oh, by the way, boom, he got injured and is out for the year. Yeah, and it's, a lot of it's deferred, though. Uh, his uh, well, uh, not guaranteed, I should say. And uh, why don't they say that in the press releases? They just put on these big numbers. They don't talk about that. Well, I don't. I don't know. It's a good question. And uh, what we need is more transparency in reporting. Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! And oh, by the way, before we leave, um, Zelensky is in Washington. Um, Sucking suck up to the Congress, kissing and butt, and and on his hands and knees begging for money. And oh, by the way. Um, it was so interesting talking with our friends last night, who are from Switzerland, um, saying that they don't they what they think um, about the Zelensky was was talking to one of his generals in in Ukraine, and the general wasn't paying much attention to him, which is it doesn't bode well for Zelensky. I thought yeah. that was really interesting conversation. Yeah, that's uh, even even uh, suggesting the possibility of a coup. Against uh, the current current and and you know what it was wasn't the first time I've heard that no me either and um and it makes you think I mean when when Zelensky is traveling all over the world yeah it's maybe for his own safety that he's out of out of no question about it Linda just genuinely appreciate your commentary on the show thanks so much for joining us you're welcome all right well that's a wrap here on today's show I hope you enjoyed it we've got a great guest lined up for tomorrow. If you enjoy the show, I would hope if you would just pass this on to your friends. That's one of the ways we build our listenership and that uh, reward our advertisers. And we can't do the show without them. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.